Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast uh, co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. I'm going to turn it over to our, mod- our moderator, Matthew, as we welcome our podcast guest. Jeff, can you hear me? Yes, I can. And everyone looks good. Uh, we got Wayne here. We're ready to go. I am not sure that I can mute myself tonight. So that looks like that looks a little odd here. I haven't had that. I haven't had that feature before. So you may have to you may have to mute me because I don't have that control tonight for some weird reason. Okay. Shouldn't be uh, a problem. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a that's a new thing that hasn't happened here before. So welcome to this week in the Atlantic Coast Conference. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Matthew. You can follow me on Twitter at, at underscore at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. Again, that's at ASD underscore Hokie Smash. You can follow our site Twitter account at, at AllSportsDACC. And this is the podcast for AllSportsDiscussion.com. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. And man, we are really happy to have a return guest back on the show. It's it's always fun to have our friend Wayne Kent on here. And he's been he's been on here a couple times. We have a lot of the same interests. Uh, Virginia Tech, obviously, I'm, and I'll show my homer side a little bit here. I'm a Virginia Tech alumnus, so I do like Virginia Tech athletics. But I, I am somebody who, who watches ACC basketball and ACC football in general. And uh, we have, a, as I said, we have a great guest on here tonight. And I, we're really happy to have him on here. Wayne, thank you so much for coming back to the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast Welcome back, friend. Tell us about yourself. The floor is yours. Well, hopefully you guys can hear me. Uh, I'll move those pictures. Am I clear today? <laughs> can you hear me today? Uh, turn turn yourself up a little bit, uh, Wayne. Your your mic is coming in ex- extremely low. Uh, we're having the same problem that we had last time, and I, I hate that. That's not my. I don't know why my mic. So, can you hear me? I uh, can barely hear you. And I'm speaking up very loud, so I don't know what the deal is on that. Um, I really apologize for that. I thought we had it going. Let's see here. All right, Matthew. It looks like Wayne had to. He dropped off the the speaking while he checks his volume there. Uh, I I could uh, barely hear him myself. Hey, Wayne, we got you back. Can you hear me better now, or is it the same? That that's a little bit better. I think we can work with that. Okay. Yep. No worries. I appreciate you, Jeff and uh, Matthew, for bringing me back. And uh, just to give you a little background, uh, I, don't, I won't go into the why I've been on here before, but 
Um, I'm a 1992 graduate of Virginia Tech. I am a season basketball uh, ticket holder of Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm a huge ACC fan, though. Uh, to give you a, a little bit to where I'm not a complete Tech homer, even though uh, I, I totally cheer for Tech all the way. But I grew up a big North Carolina fan. There's a lot of people, I'm sure, in the, that are listening to the podcast uh, did. I went to the 1984 uh, actual basketball camp. When Dean Smith and Roy Williams were there teaching the camp, and uh, you know, also, you know, just to give a little background, in 1982, uh, uh, I was 12 and got a letter from Dean Smith uh, in the middle of his uh, championship run in '82, wishing me a happy birthday. So I had a Carolina birthday party, and my mom had sent him a letter, and uh, my birthday is March 12, so as you know, that's right in the middle of ACC basketball. Uh, tournament time, and that was the year that Carolina won their first championship in many, many years, and of course, Dean Smith's first championship back in 82, the famous famous championship where they were loaded. So, I'm a big ACC fan, been for a lot of, a lot of years, so I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, very cool story. Wayne! It's hair metal time, buddy. Are you ready, man? Because this is key. This is really important here. We got some very important conversations here to talk about. We got four hair metal questions for you, Wayne. Are you ready? I'm always ready for hair metal, as you know, uh, Matthew. So let's bring it on. Let's, let's, let's bring it back and bring it on. Okay, man. Are you disappointed that White Lion can't get together on tour again? Talk to me about that, friend. Have you ever been to the M3 Rock Festival in Columbia, Maryland, or have you even heard of it? I have heard of it, but I have not been there. So I, uh, I was looking at it the other day, and I was amazed at the groups. Every single group, I believe I have, I have the album or an album of every single group that is there, actually. <laughs> well, my album, <laughs> people don't know what albums are anymore, uh, or tapes. Let's go back to tapes. I probably have the tapes. And or CDs, which people don't even know about anymore. But, uh, uh, you know, it was amazing when I was looking at the lineups. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, my favorite group, uh, Kicks, is going to be there, of course. And they're, they're from the area, so that's not surprising. But, uh, you know, seeing groups like Warrant, Great White, uh, Extreme, Winger, uh, those groups, I mean, uh, that's just an incredible concert. And, you know, I'm going to have to make my way there sometime. You know, I saw Firehouses there, too. That's one group I've never seen and I would really like to see. Definitely, definitely, Fred, definitely. So who have you seen on tour in the last five years? And if you haven't in the last five years, go back to the last 10 in the hair metal genre. Uh, 
like. And uh, But I have seen some, and I've seen some of the classic groups. Now, I've seen Tesla twice um, in the past few years. They've actually come here to Roanoke, believe it or not. I'm in Roanoke, Virginia, and they've come here to a little venue that we have called the Dr. Pepper uh, place. Uh, I forget, Dr. Pepper something. But anyway, it's, it's a small little venue, and they've been here twice in the past five years. Uh, I saw most recently, I saw Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns with, with them and, uh, well, not them. It was Tom Keeper's band that was there, and they played, of course, a lot of Cinderella. And I don't know if you count this, but just the other day I saw Night Ranger, which I enjoyed and had never seen before. So if you count Night Ranger uh, in there. I do, I do. I count them. Yeah, all right. Well, if they count, then let's go for it. So, uh, yeah. One thing I was planning on seeing, which I'm really disappointed in, uh, for my 50th birthday, I was going to go see Kicks down in Charlotte, and it was right at the start of COVID in 2020 in March. So uh, I was just disappointed I wasn't able to see them. I, of course, have seen them like five or six times, but um, I, I really was hoping to see them again because I haven't seen them in years. Uh, they were just here. Uh, and you know, when we get toward the end of the show, I'll tell you, but I believe they are, they were just here kicks this past Saturday. If not, they're going it, to, it's this upcoming Saturday because they, they're, they play in this venue called the state theater in falls church, Wayne. Right. And this is a place where you can reserve a dinner table and it's actually not bad. I mean, I think a table of four is like $80. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a hell of a deal. Plus you get, you know, whatever it is off the menu and that's how you get your reserved seat. But there are very few reserved tables at this venue and the rest of them are general, general, general admission sorts of seats, right? But that, but to sit, to be able to see kicks in a place in Falls Church, you know, that, that that's of course right near me, right? You know, would, would have been, would be, you know, would be rather incredible. And of course they have a huge following here, as you could suggest up up here at the DMV because this is where they really made it big. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're lucky the fact that they I'm sure they they're around that area quite a bit. But dinner and kicks, man, you just can't get any better than that. How how classy is that? <laughs> it's kind of awesome. It's awesome. All right, man. So here we go. The lightning round. This is really this is gonna these are gonna be some tough questions. I think you're you know because we're we're gonna have you on here again. So because we have five more years that we want to go through. What is your favorite hair metal band album from 1983? Well, you know, in 1983, I was 13, so I was fairly young, but that was the beginning of uh, just getting into my hair metal. It was late 87, 88. That, that was really when it kicked in as I was going into college in my high school year. But the first album that really struck me and really struck a chord with me was when I heard uh, Pyromania. Uh, that that was the, the album that kind of kicked me into it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I have to rank that number one. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of, uh, a couple of backups there. Rats Rat, of course, is in there. And, uh, Chalice Devil by Motley Crue were, uh, 2A and, and, and 2B. But Pyromania for me, 1983 was the album that kind of kicked me in and probably started my love. We'll probably throw out Quiet Riot's Metal Health out there too, right? Oh, you know what? You, you're 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 correct. Uh, you know, bang your head, baby. Okay, 
1984. Now, here's where I thought you'd say Rat, right? Because the Rat album came out in 84, I think, right? The uh, Out of the Cellar. In fact, I want to get a T-shirt with Adam Seller on it. I always wanted one as a kid, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care how old I am now. I'm going to get one. I was looking online yesterday, and I'm going to have one here shortly. Yes. Uh, but uh, you know, another one that really video-wise just kind of uh, woke everybody up and uh, grabbed some attention. I don't want to forget about it. Van Halen's 1984, of course, again. Right, right. And one other one, right? We're not going to take it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's go to 1985. The floor is yours. This is a hell of a year, right? Because Dawkins Under Lock and Key came out. Rats Invasion of Your Privacy came out. Kisses Asylum came out. If you go to 94, I mean, they had a really good stretch, right? Animalize came out in 84 for Kiss. Before that, it was Lick It Up in 1983 for Kiss. I mean, they really knew it. Kiss actually really knew how to reinvent themselves. You're kidding. No, I've never seen Kiss. I can't believe it. Oh man. Okay, so I have a story to tell I have a story to tell you about that. Yeah, I, I went up to I went up to, to Toronto to go and see Kiss in 2019 pre pandemic. I wanted to see them because you know they said it's their last tour ever and blah blah blah. I was like, okay, I have to go and see these guys, right? And I thought, you know, I'll go up to go up to Toronto to see them because I, I wanted to go I had never been to Toronto and I wanted to head up there for a week. And from the DC area Believe it or not, Wayne, it's only a 90-minute flight to Toronto. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty close place to go for an international country, right, where you, where it's probably, you know, you can get a lot of things cheaper because the, the currency at the time, we were getting 25% more on the dollar in Canada, the U.S. dollar in Canada. And so I went up there to see them. And honestly, Paul Stanley, he still got it. You have to, at, at his age, that guy is still hot and still has it. His voice is just amazing. So if he comes through your area, he comes to Richmond, we both have to go again. Yeah, yeah. Ser seriously, I will go there with you. Definitely on my bucket list. I was worried that I may miss it. But it seems like they may tour a little bit earlier. So we'll see. They will. No, they will. Trust me, because they're just making too much money not to. All right, man. Let's go to 1986. This is, this is going to be a tough one. Yes, I know you are, man. And I uh, love, love that. Uh, how about 
about the little night songs by Cinderella? Did yes. Love that. And one of the, one of the, and I, I said, think I said this in the last podcast, group that I think, and why I saw, I don't see them twice in the past few, few months, but one of the groups that I think always had the albums that would rock from start to finish, or at least they, they always had that build up that I love. And if you want, if, when you crank up music in your stereo, start with this group for me, and that's Tesla's Mechanical Resonance. Man, that album just rocks from start to finish, and uh, I love it. Now, a little underrated one that, uh, you know, I, 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 you have to be a deep, you have to be a deep fan, and I know you are, and you know this backwards and forwards, but Vinny Vincent Invasion had a nice album. Yes. And that's your precursor to who? Slaughter. bookstore there or used a, a store there in uh, Blacksburg and I was like heck yeah this is good stuff <laughs> amen brother amen so can I tell you you know I like rat and oh, oh. dancing undercover the more I listen to it the more I like it oh man there's you know there's four albums in a row well probably five albums in a row by rat that you just can't you can't miss uh, in my opinion and I'm a big rat too, but I just the only reason I didn't say dancing undercover is because I've heard it. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I got it. I understand it completely. And you know what? Go ahead, man. And, and, and a little, you know, let's don't forget Striper came out in '86. A little to hell with the devil. So, you know, for all you sure, sure. Don't underestimate Striper. Striper was David Lee Roth's solo effort came out there with Steve Vai and those others, right? The big full album, Meet Him and Smile. I mean, gosh, he has such a collection of musicians on that. You know, Greg Bassanet and and uh, and Steve Vai, and oh, they were just and Billy Sheehan. He just his, I don't know where he he got blessed and got so many good people to come and work for him that year. And you know, it's, you just get blessed with that, you know. And he he really turned out blessed with that. Let's go to nineteen eighty seven. I think there are a few obvious answers here. The floor is yours. by Aerosmith was huge, absolutely huge album as well. And of course, his biggest album, well, I can't say it's the biggest album. I don't know which, I don't know which one sold more. You might know this, Matthew, Hysteria by Def Leppard. I wasn't going to mention them, but. Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I do. And I do know the answer to that question. Actually, I was going to ask you this question. If you had to compare, if you had to compare Hysteria and Guns N' Roses, now by every measure, by every measure, I mean, that's a tough comparison, right? Hysteria and Guns N' Roses back-to-back, -back, you know, each song back-to-back -back with each other. Right. They're both, that's a, you know, somebody was asking me, which one is better? Well, GNR, by, sold, by every metric, sold more records on that album than Hysteria. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. I was, I was shocked to know that. Oh, and, and had more, you know, uh, popular hits. 
Well, and I would think, see, I feel a little bit different about GNR because they they hit they not only hit the mainstream, they hit the metal scene and they were able to bring over some of those people from the anthrax side of the world. You know what I mean? From the speed metal side of the world. They had a much broader appeal because they hit like they not only hit the top 40, but they hit hair metal and they hit the hard rock and metal. And I think Def Leppard couldn't necessarily appeal to the, you know, to the they call them the big four, right, Wayne? Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, and Anthrax. They, um, Def Leppard couldn't necessarily appeal to that crowd like GNR could, maybe? And I still love that album. I still love Hysteria. You know, I think it's a great album. Yes. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> oh man. No kidding, Motley Crue. Motley Crue, girls, 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 came out that year. Kiss is crazy. Nights came out that year. They were no face paint. Nineteen eighty three forward. Yeah, nineteen eighty three forward. You know, actually nineteen eighty two forward. That's when they made that conversion and reinvented themselves to hair metal. Yeah. Oh, what a year. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. You've got to come back, Wayne, and talk about the next five. The next five years after this, Wayne, you have to come and talk. You have to come back. You have to promise us you'll come back and talk talk about the next five years. Well, that, yeah, those, 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 they were 80, 80, 80. 88 to 90, 88 to 92, you'll come back, right? You promise? Oh, I, there's no problem. I'll okay, okay. Very good, very good. Jeff Friend, you're up. All right, thanks, Matthew. All right, Wayne, we're going to turn to ACC basketball now after that uh, very interesting discussion on hair metal. Who was your ACC team of the week, and who was your most disappointing team of the week in the ACC, Wayne, this past week? You know what, that's pretty – it's a little tougher probably to go with the most disappointing, but I would say – this team, uh, to me, is the best team in the ACC right now. They're playing. They're peaking at the right time. The, they, uh, when I watched them play against Virginia Tech, I was extremely impressed, uh, top to bottom, with them. And they're not even a really good team, so it amazes me the hustle that they have on the boards. But I think everyone's going to figure it out what I'm talking about because Miami Hurricanes were my team of the week. Uh, you know, I think they're starting to peak at the right time. 
It'd be uh, a, a good leg team this week and a Louisville team that we're uh, that's up and been up and coming and playing better. Um, but uh, you know, the ACC, all the teams seem to be up and down. Virginia won their games this week, but boy, I thought they tried to give that game against Notre Dame away over and over again, and Notre Dame just didn't take much to it. But um, but my team of the week's Miami. Question, yeah, who who did you have as your? Uh, I mean, Miami is a great choice for the team of the week, but who and who was your uh, most disappointing team of the week? And I'm 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 gonna throw an honorable mention out there on on disappointing team of the week. I'm North Carolina, I mean great choice there. Uh, you keep expecting them to eventually play like well, I, I don't know if anyone expects them to play like the preseason number one team to, to at least play like an NCAA tournament team, and it's just not happening. Uh, but also, my, I, I think there's an honorable mention out there on disappointing team of the week. Uh, I got to look at Clemson um, and Brad Brunel. Uh, you know, you're in the top four. You're still playing with an outside chance for the ACC regular season title, a double bye. And you go to Louisville, and you're Louisville's fourth win of the year, only second in their conference, the first team with a winning record that Louisville beat the entire season. And and you just absolutely wreck your resume metric-wise. I think after that loss, um, Clemson took a, a, a bigger than 15-point drop in the net rankings now. They went from somewhere in the 60s to the 80s. And I don't even know if you, if if the NCAA selections were today. I, I don't even think they were be on the bubble. Uh, they wouldn't be in the tournament at all. They'd be hosting, uh, you know, making preparations to host an NIT game. And you know, when you're when you, you know, with so much to play for, and you go and lose to, in a game like that to to Louisville. Uh, yeah, I, I I put Clemson, you know. Right there with your with your choice of, of North Carolina as disappointing team of the week. You just can't have a loss like that at this point of the season when people already question your resume. Um, you know, North Carolina can't pick up any quad one wins. They don't have any. Uh, Clemson has a slew of really disastrous losses on their resume, despite you know jumping out early in the, in the ACC regular season to the lead, but with losses to South Carolina, Loyola, Chicago, now Louisville, Boston College. Uh, they're, they're leaving a lot to be desired as well. Gentleman, I can't remember his 
Uh, Hunter Tyson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think they, they've actually gotten worse since they got since they got healthy. Uh, they had the 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 injury to to Galloway. Uh, Chase Chase Hunter missed a couple games. Their point guard, um, their best three point shooter, uh, Hemingway, uh, missed a good portion of the ACC schedule. And now they have those guys. They're all back, and they're actually uh, struggling more. Which you know, you got to look at Brennell. Um, you know, he, he's not been able to find a way to get that chemistry back the way it was before, you know, the, the pre-injuries. And like you said, I mean, they have the makeup uh, of a team that should be better. I mean, they can go inside. They can they can go outside. Uh, probably the one thing they're, they're not that great at is they're not a team that's really all that capable of creating their own shot. And I, I think defensively teams are on to that and just kind of, you know, throwing bodies man to man on on them, and and they just can't get easy easy buckets. But um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I think Matt Matthew, you you got a uh, something you wanted to look at real quick. Well, yeah, I just I I was ready to cede all of my minutes to the open microphone because I thought you were going to mention everything that you mentioned now, <laughs> and you couldn't help yourself, Jeff. You couldn't help yourself. No, go ahead. You can you can you can mute me now. <laughs> oh, I can go on for this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, we we got some resumes to look at in the in the open mic. All right, all right, Wayne. Um, next question here: What ACC game um, are you looking forward to the most this upcoming in week, and who should be on upset alert in one of their games this week? Saturday, there's two games that I find interesting. Uh, one personally, of course. But Virginia-UNC, I think, is going to be important. UNC, uh, if they lose that game, uh, you know, they could be looking at a below 500 ACC, and I just don't think – I do not think that's going to – they're going to get into the tournament unless they continue to lose some games. I think they'll be down there. It's tough to do, especially when you're uh, having to play extra days and it's fresh teams. And from a personal standpoint, Virginia Tech's at Duke. Uh, those seem to be the games that Virginia Tech gets up for. They're getting up for the games uh, the top of the conference, but not getting up for the games at the bottom of the conference, therefore putting them at the bottom of the conference ranking. Um, so I think that, that's, a, that's a game. But also Duke, uh, 
trying to position themselves uh, for an NCAA tournament run because I'm sure they're they're on the border depending on which way they do things as well. I don't know. They were winning last I looked and lost what I was doing around here at, at the moment. Um, you know, and and when you're looking towards the NCAA tournament, it's 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 really it, it's disconcerting uh, from an ACC standpoint and an ACC fan. I see five teams right now uh, with a good chance of making it and, and not really too much else unless things turn around really quick for some other teams. But UVA, of course, looks like they're in. Miami looks like a decent team. Pittsburgh, I think, should be in. Uh, you know, I hear some questions on it, but I, I think uh, ultimately, unless they collapse, they should be in. NC State looks like they're in at the moment to me. And, of course, Duke, I think they're in uh, if they continue uh, building on what they've done here. So, you know, those are the games that I have, but a lot of it's uh, where that time of year, man, we're almost into March, and uh, this is where this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, and uh, let's see, that's the only questions we had on that one? Or you said, did you say who's, who's upset this week? Yeah. yeah, who do you have on upset alert? Well, this again is a personal one, and this is tomorrow night, the game I'm going to go to. Virginia Tech against Miami. Uh, you know, I believe uh, Virginia Tech uh, seems to get up for those games again, as we said, especially at home. Now, I don't know. Miami, Virginia Tech may be the favorite. That seems to be the ACC's motto this year: is whoever uh, on the road is, even if they're the, even if they are the top top of the ACC, they seem to be, uh, uh, especially against Virginia Tech, they seem to be still an underdog. Pittsburgh, who was leading the ACC as an underdog by five and a half points this past week, has proved to be true. So, uh, may not be considered an up, an upset in uh, Vegas, but I would think anyone who's picking would think that would be an upset for Virginia Tech to beat Miami, especially the way Miami beat them uh, the last time they played. All right, sounds good, Wayne. Uh, Matthew, you have a comment here. You know, Wayne, Wayne touched on it briefly, and I'm glad he did. I mean, this is, um, you know, Virginia Tech gave Miami everything it could handle on the road. It just came out on the short side. There's a lot of weird things that can happen in the castle, and I'm glad that I'm glad that that Wayne brought that up. That's that's going to be a really cha really cha challenging game for Miami. A, a lot of opponents' jump shots come to die in the castle. You know, so I'll be interested to see how that how that how that turn how that turns out. But I, I think I, I actually think Virginia Tech has a good chance to win that game tomorrow night. Also, also of course, let's not forget uh, once you go to the free throw line at seven and a half, Bacon's on the line. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but you know Miami's got the best guards in the ACC, and those guys don't miss free throw. You know, those guys don't really don't miss free throws. I think there's one. There's one big linebacker forward, I think, that could probably cash in on the bacon for the student section, Wayne. And I can't remember his name. His name fails me. Jeff may remember his name. But th but there's a the, a linebacker type forward that plays for Miami that shoots about 60% from the, the free throw line that may, that may cash in on Smithfield for the Hokie student section. Because there is nothing that uh, a 
Blacksburg fan loves more than some free food. Very good, sir. Very good. All right, Wayne. Um, let, let's go national here. Are there any national games that you're looking forward to this week? Yes, I, I saw uh, where Indiana is playing Purdue. I think that's going to be a very interesting game this week. Um, and, of course, uh, this reminds me of, uh, speaking of ACC players, this guy reminds me of an ACC player from yesteryear uh, where a lot of people listening may probably were not born, but they all know who he is, Ralph Sampson. Except he's a bigger version of Ralph Sampson. That's Zach Eddie. I mean, that guy can play, and he's a force in the middle uh, for Purdue. So um, I, I, I'm just fascinated just to watch watch the guy play. He's 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 a great talent and has quite a future. But Indiana's uh, back and back with a vengeance. They can play really good ball. And uh, just that small comment, basketball's better when you can shoot it. You know, we all grew up uh, with Indiana being a good team. Back in the day, they've been a force the past few years. And really, not a major, major force since the old Bob Knight days. Uh, it's good to see them back and back back in power. Um, another game that's intriguing to me is St. Mary's and Gonzaga. It, that game can decide uh, really who's the force out there with the Western Conference fairly easy this year. Normally Gonzaga has the edge, but this season uh, it can be fairly close. So those two are the national games I think of the week and uh, I think uh, setting up for March Madness kind of gives me an idea of who I'll start going. I'm starting to start picking up on. <laughs> also, also, I wanted to give, well, I'm going to let you go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, Wayne, for that. Um, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you uh, for our last question in the podcast. All right. Wayne, what do you got for us, friend? It's open microphone time. The floor is yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? I, if you if you need a lot of time, I'll seed my time. I'll seed my time tonight. You go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, you're fine. I'm not, I'm not going to take up much time. The one thing I was going to mention, well, two things I was going to mention. Let's don't forget about the ACC women. The ACC women, that incredible battle at the top there. I mean, there are eight great ACC teams, if not more, that uh, – it's been a pleasure to watch those teams play this year. And, and uh, you know, you got and Louisville's coming coming up, uh, Virginia Tech's coming up, Notre Dame, Duke, uh, who's been a surprise all year. North Carolina's a strong team. I mean, watch out. Uh, NC State, of course, is always a factor. I mean, the ACC women, props to them. They're really – they're holding up the ACC this year, and uh, they're going to make some things happen. So, uh Watch out for them. The other thing I wanted to mention was is a shout-out to a guy from southwest Virginia who won the dunk contest the other day, Mac McClung. So shout-out to him. His, par his parents were uh, from Virginia Tech and in, in ACC. So shout-out to Mac McClung. That was an incredible thing. It's really the only thing, in my opinion, that made the uh, uh, All-Star game 
our all-star weekend was wild. Denzel Washington uh, at Gate City. So uh, congrats to him. And uh, I'll ask you the floor back to you guys. Thanks for inviting me again. I really appreciate it. brought that up about Mac McClung because I would argue, Wayne and Jeff, that the dunk contest is not really – it's just not what it was years ago. Years ago, you'd have the best players in the league participate in that dunk contest. Remember, you know, you'd see like Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan go at it, right? You know, players like that. Now you can't get anybody to go. You can't really get anybody to participate in that. And it's, I mean, look, shout out to, you know, Mac McClung. I mean, it was, it was different. He did some amazing things uh, uh, on the, on the floor and he may have well got himself an, you know, a contract with, you know, uh, uh, beyond those 20 days with Philadelphia. It's very possible. You know, I remember watching him at Georgetown and what little hair Patrick had, it was gone after he left. <laughs> after he left but shout out to him for you know for 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 doing well in that dunk contest but it's not really the same as it was would you agree wayne uh, i agree with you in fact i was talking to somebody about that this week you know the michael jordans and the larry and the, the larry birds you know what it comes down to is is competition they were never scared of competition therefore they weren't scared to lose you know, these the, the stars of today are too worried about whether they would get upstaged or perhaps lose or, or whatever it is. I don't know exactly what it is, but, yeah, I mean, Spud Webb. Remember Spud Webb bringing his brand to town. Remember Larry Nance. Remember Do Dr. J. Remember Michael Jordan, of course, and, and uh, Dominique Wilkins, as you said. I mean, they were just incredible back in the day. They, they, were, the, they were the top players that would show up for it. And now, now it's uh, people you've never heard of a lot of times. And props to Mac McClung for making it interesting. And uh, you know, at the very least, I think he's going to get a he's going to get a nice commercial deal out of this somehow. Somebody's going to take advantage of that and throw him a, in a commercial somehow. I think at the very least of this. And props to him for making it nice this this situation. But um, I watched it. You know, I know this isn't a, this isn't a NBA thing, but. Oh, the all, I tried to watch two minutes of the All-Star game, and watching the absolute zero defense, to me, was embarrassing at that point. I, I just didn't. It was, it was awful to watch. This is not basketball. Tony Bennett would not enjoy that, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Jeff, as promised, I'm ceding the balance of my time to you, friend. The floor is yours. Yeah, yeah, we 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 talked already about <clears throat> about Clemson laying that egg at at Louisville and putting their NCAA chances. Uh, I wouldn't even call them; they put them in jeopardy. They they basically just they 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 cooked them with that loss right now. Uh, you know, barring a really strong finish. But that that brings me to what I want to talk about, and 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 that's this this narrative that just keeps coming back you know, that the ACC is having this, this atrocious season. And, you know, there's some people who think the league deserves, you know, two bids and, you know, it's a three bid league and, and, you know, no, no one's going to argue that, that it's not a vintage ACC year, but I mean, you have to look past 
you know, the the pure conference rankings of the RPI and the net because the the conference is being pulled down. It, it's being anchored by the by by an atrocious bottom. No no one's going to argue the fact that that Louisville is maybe um, statistically the worst ACC team we've ever seen in history. Um, you know they have net and RPI rankings in the three hundreds. And, and I mean, they were just getting beat left and right during the non-conference portion of the season. Um, Florida State was atrocious during the non-conference portion of the season. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, they've got terrible computer numbers. And I mean, when you've got teams that that are in the two and three hundreds in this case, I mean, it's pulling down the rest of the conference. Uh, but, but people aren't looking, you know, deep enough <clears throat> Because the results are there that say, you know, one through nine, one through ten, the the ACC stacks up just fine with with the rest of the country. I mean, one through ten, um, I, I would put the ACC pretty much probably just behind the 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 Big Twelve. Um, when when you look when you when you go th- when you go through the through the top uh, t- Ten here, I and mean, you look at the seeds that that Joe Lenardi put out. He 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 has nine bids for the Big Ten. They have one team that's outside of uh, the top seventy of the net. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure when they played in November, and they had the ACC Big Ten challenge, the ACC won that challenge. And even when they played the other non-conference games against Big Ten, the ACC has a winning record against the Big Ten. Um, I, I don't know how else you evaluate conferences and teams um, other than head-to-head matchups. And and you got one one league with nine bids and the other one right now with five. Even his number one seed on here, Alabama, a, a mid-level ACC team, mid-team, mid-tier ACC team, North Carolina, went to four overtimes with Alabama on a neutral court. Uh, probably should have won that game too if they you know make a couple shots in the one of those overtimes that's that's Alabama we we know you've got Houston as a two seed Uh, when they played Virginia yeah they beat they beat Virginia at Virginia uh, but it was a it was a really competitive game that that Virginia had an opportunity in like the last five minutes and we know uh, if, if Virginia was right now in the big 12 and or uh, the Big Ten with the same resume that they've put together this year, with already had wins over Baylor, who's actually who's the highest two seed, um, has wins over Illinois, won at Michigan, is leading the ACC, um, and they're fighting to just get into into uh, the top three seed, and that's that's a resume that I would stand up against most of the of the twos. They should be they should have an opportunity to play for the one, but it's it's not. Not there. I mean, you have Purdue as a four seed. I mean, during that ACC Big Ten challenge, I saw Florida State go to the final, you know, five minutes with a chance to knock off Purdue. You know, one of the bottom tier ACC teams. I mean, these games, they they happened. Um, Miami is has a uh, six Q1 wins right now, and they don't have a top four seed, even though they have a win over um no, it's over Providence they had. I was looking at it, like Xavier, but I mean, you know, Miami should be in position to play for a top four seed, but it's those computer numbers from those bottom four teams that are pulling down the ACC, but they don't match up with, you know, the results that we saw on the court that 
those those teams one through ten match up pretty good against any other conference. Um, so in in the end, I think that you're going to see the ACC get hurt by seedings, but still be very capable of having some teams make some some deep runs in March. Um, it's it's just a shame that we're, we don't look at head to head results. We're just going to look at like a net ranking of of a conference knowing that teams like Louisville and Florida state were, were atrocious in the non-conference and, and we know they're terrible. It's no question about that, but you know, because of why should Miami necessarily be penalized or Virginia be penalized, you know, teams that did, did good things out of conference because Louisville happened to be so, so bad, um, you know, and then you look at like a, a conference, like the big 10 that the, the ACC, you know, head to head matchup, you know, better, better than 500 against I'm getting nine bids. That's not a nine bid league. I'm, I, I'm sorry. Purdue is pretty solid, but I think they're clearly the weakest. Uh, they're the weakest of the, of the four number one seeds. Uh, Indiana, I think is a dangerous team. And I, I don't see a lot past uh, those two Northwestern who's sitting in there in the top three. Um, yeah. Pittsburgh blew them out by 30, something like 20, 25, 30 points on their home floor. That's just another case. That that kind of thing just kind of it just frustrates me that people are looking at the ACC and saying, "Yeah, you know, seventh best conference in the net." Knowing full well, it's it's simply because of of the bottom four teams, and in particular, you know, a 300 ranked you know Louisville team that's just dragging everything down. But you know, as usual, we'll see how it goes in March, and you know, I I expect you'll see some. You'll, you'll, you'll see a, a number of ACC teams reach that second weekend. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point, Wayne. I think there are some teams in the ACC that that aren't in the NCAA tournament and, and are going to need a lot of help to make it. But you wouldn't want to see them if they if they sneak in. And I think Syracuse is one. Uh, I think Virginia Tech is another. Um, there's another uh, team that when they're on, they're NCAA caliber. You know, ask Oklahoma State from from the greatest basketball conference on the planet, the Big 12. I mean, they they knocked off Oklahoma State on a neutral court, and everyone has Oklahoma State in the in the tournament. North Carolina, you know, they're gonna they're gonna need work to get in to the NCAA tournament. But like I said, and when we talked about four overtimes to Alabama, uh, Iowa State. They they went to the final minute with Iowa State. Let that game get away. They should have beat Iowa State. We know what they're capable of when they're on. And if they get into the tournament, you don't want to see North Carolina as a 10 seed in there or Virginia Tech if they were to sneak in, 
you know, last four in. I wouldn't want to see them in my bracket. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for a little, for a minute there, it looked like you could see like a Kentucky, North Carolina in the, in the um, last four play in game, but um, you know, Kentucky's put a little bit of a run together. Um, they're, they're, they're probably sitting more on the eight, nine line and, and North Carolina's kind of falling apart. They're not in the tournament, but yeah, that would have been really interesting because for a minute it was like, Kentucky and North Carolina in a playing game. Won't well, that be like the most watched playing game in history? Absolutely. All right, Matthew, I'll turn it back to you. Wayne, for joining the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We loved having you come on this show, and particularly the call. The we love having your take on ACC basketball, Wayne. But I can rarely have somebody come on this podcast and talk about culture topics, and that was I love having you come on here for this, and 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 I really appreciate it. And we would love to have you come back on this show again sometime, Wayne. Thanks for joining us and spending part of your Monday night with us. All right. Have a great week, guys. Take care.